0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise tips and reviews to help you make the most out of your next sailing. My name's Kieran. I'm an independent travel agent specializing in all things cruise, Disney, and North America. And I'm Joe, my I'm fellow co host.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah, and I
0: write over at Mini Travelers, Cruising for All, and Cruising with Kip. And this week we're going to actually talk more about a land holiday. However, this is a land holiday you can have that is an extension of a kind of land and cruise package. And it's some of that. I know I'm a big fan of, hence the Magical Traveller in my travel brand. But Sarah, I know you also share a deep passion for visiting Orlando in Florida as well.
1: I do. I'm obsessed. So yeah, this is <laughs> something that obviously we don't do every year because my family won't, but we've done it at intervals as the kids have grown up and are going again yeah. next year, potentially twice, because I just love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason why we've decided to talk about this is if you're one of our American listeners, I'm sure it's no surprise to you guys just how important kind of Orlando or Florida is um, to the cruise market. I think it's and Sarah's got some figures you could share with us in a bit, but it is the I think the number one destination for departures in the world for cruises because obviously the great connections to the Caribbean. Um, but then also for fans who are big fans of like theme parks and themed attractions as well, you've also got kind of, you know, the number one tourist destination in the world, which is Central Florida, Orlando, with Walt Disney World Universal, SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, all of those world class theme parks as well. So it's not uncommon for people to head to um, Florida to do. Out of a cruise but then also for maybe for british people who are sailing over and doing those longer two three week four week holidays in the summer holidays to maybe do a land and sea holiday where they may go to kind of the theme parks for a week and then maybe do a week-long cruise as well um, but yeah sarah do you have some of those facts to share with everyone about just roughly how many ships do depart from um florida
1: right so according to a recent clear report about the state of the cruise industry i'm gonna have to read my notes sorry but more than 20 million passengers sailed the caribbean islands in 2022, compared or between 2019 and 2022, compared to six million out of Europe, so it's a massive difference. But you know, yeah. I suppose we're, we're, we're limited here, aren't we? In Europe, then mm. I'm only yeah. going to sell Europe in the summer. I've no interest in getting cold, as you know. But yep. the Caribbean is always hot.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, and that's the thing as well. I think for a lot of people to realize as well about a lot of the ships that kind of come to Europe in the winter they home port in sorry come to europe in the summer sorry they home port in the caribbean during the winter so again that capacity in the winter just gets even bigger again then because that's obviously where the warm weather is and there's a lot more ships as well so you know it's a great opportunity if you are looking for a winter sun as well definitely to look at the caribbean sailings because generally as well because there's so much competition you're going to get some great prices as well on those winter sailings
1: we got a great deal this year on uh, was it february we went flew into miami cruised on ncl and definitely we all agreed it was a, a big group of friends and we all said this is the way forward it was fabulous and not yeah. packed you know the ship was busy but not like peak mediterranean season it was it felt like a real treat in those dull yeah. summer months
0: and that's the thing like for us at least anyway in the uk with our weather patterns i think winter sailing like we normally try to do september october november time for us just because that's mm-hmm. when it's a bit cooler but you've still got kind of the warm evenings, so you're not having to kind of wear jumpers and things outside if you didn't want to um and you're still heading to the Caribbean again, that Caribbean weather. Like I was on Perfect Bouquet in December and the weather was gorgeous. I was like I was in I said was in my speedos running around on the private beach <laughs> there <laughs> in the cabana area um uh, but i was actually, really. like <laughs> wow <laughs> maybe one of, the, one of the off-budget ones type of thing one of the ones you find to the pound aisle <laughs> i'm like oh, wow, wow. um but no i was there literally like in the caribbean it was december 12th 13th off the top of my head you know and i'm in the caribbean on a private on you know royal caribbean's private beach enjoying the sun having cocktails and everything like what's not to love that, that's incredible do
1: you know that's i've never done perfect day and it's it's always been perfect day and then what was it before that as well they've got the other island haven't they um and they've always been at the top of my list and I've just never got there and I think we had once a cruise boat we got cancelled obviously before um so yeah I think that's really on my list to to do that and then to do a two-centre holiday for me is both of the things I love most in the world in travel all in one thing apart from Italy
0: I think that's a really good place to start as well, jumping off kind of the Perfect Day Coco Kay conversation. And as we say, we could probably do a whole series on private islands in the Caribbean and by the cruise lines, but Royal especially have a really strong offering for kind of Central Florida, Orlando, at least anyway, to do the Disney parks because you've got now Utopia of the Seas launching next winter and you've also got Wonder of the Seas currently sailing as well. So you've got regular seven-night sailings doing East and West Caribbean, but then you've also got Utopia launching next winter as well doing three and four-night sailings, all of them stopping off a Perfect Day Coco Kay. Now, the reason why that's really cool is if you are somebody who maybe wants to do a two-week holiday from the UK, you've got the option to do a seven-night sailing and then also do the theme parks as well for seven nights. But then equally as well, if you wanted a shorter break and you wanted to maybe do like, you know, two, three days in the theme parks, like a lot of Americans do, they will do maybe two or three days at Disney. They can also then still do a three-day, four-day Caribbean cruise of Royal Caribbean and do Perfect Day Coco K, go off to Nassau and still have that land and sea holiday in a more shorter condensed break as well. So they've got a fantastic option, regardless of kind of, you know, how long you want to go away for, it is possible within say seven day periods to do a land and sea holiday with Royal Caribbean. Disney offer the same as well with their ships they've got their ships sailing as well from Port Canaveral, where you can equally do again a three, four night sailing and do their private island Castaway Key. Um, or you could do seven night east and west Caribbean as well from Orlando and it's about a 40, 45 minute drive away from kind of Orlando International or from the theme parks.
1: I mean, we've actually got an article about this, which I'll I'll link in um, back to Royal Caribbean again because that's <laughs> we always do this, don't we? But but this is the first time that they've ever launched a brand new ship, I believe, on free and fortnight sailing straight into the short sailings. They've always been longer and then they've progressed to short sailing. So if you're a real yeah. Royal Caribbean yeah. fan, which we are, then it's yeah. a great way to get on the new ship. Um obviously New ships are the cheapest ships to book, but you can do a four and a three-night sailing if your time's short and still get to see all the stuff on the ship. And this ship has got so much on it. But again, that's a conversation for another day.
0: Well, we have a full episode, so definitely do search back. We've got our first impressions of Utopia this season as well. So have a hunt down for that. It's an Oasis-class ship. But yeah, it's a great chance. And I think these shorter sailings, they're not for everyone. They're not like for cruise fans. I don't think short sailings are always ideal just because you don't really get enough time to really bed into the ship. But if you've never cruised before and you're a little bit apprehensive of will i enjoy it then definitely a short sailing and particularly in the caribbean these short sailings are fantastic for kind of going i can get a feel for a cruise ship but i'm not on it for a full week type of thing so if i find i maybe get motion sickness or i don't like being surrounded by people or maybe you know i don't like all the kids on board a short three night sailing is a fantastic way to try it but especially as well to get to perfect day i can't underestimate that is an attraction In itself, it is worth doing that itinerary alone just to do perfect day cocoa cake.
1: I, as you know, that I'm definitely prefer a a week sailing. But we're doing Florida in April and we've booked a five night sailing with Royal Caribbean. And the reason we've done that is because we want more time at Universal and maybe your dad disney so th- for when you're traveling from the uk sorry if you're in the us obviously you're really lucky and you're there and i wish i was but <laughs> when you have to come from the uk and you've got all that time to travel you lose your first day because you've got jet lag especially if you're traveling with kids i mean all right you're up early so there's no argument for getting to the park but you've only got so much time off work and you've got to fit it in for that trip so our next trip we're away 16 17 days and we're only on a five-night cruise so it is a good time to do that if you want to fit in Universal yeah. in the parks as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And that that's what they're designed for. Definitely Port Canaveral especially is designed for kind of bookending, you know, mm-hmm. onto a land holiday. And I think, you know, we can talk more as well about kind of just why you'd want to do that. Because obviously the cruise, we've talked about cruise the cows come home and there are so many fantastic, you know, itineraries you can do from Port Canaveral. Mm-hmm. You know, East and West Caribbean are quintessential classic cruise itineraries. But it's like, you know, going to Disney World as well, especially like you could spend, I have done three week holidays to Disney World alone and still not felt like I've done everything you can do in Walt Disney World. Sometimes that puts people off and they're a bit like, oh my God, how am I going to cook if I only do a week? You can also do a week. I'm just a weirdo. (laughs) I obsess over everything. And like, I, I see every show, I see multiple versions of it because I like to kind of, you know, capture it for memory and for blogging and things like that. Uh, you can have a wonderful time doing a two, three night, four night break at Walt Disney World, but you can also do a longer break if you wanted to. So yeah, having that flexibility to kind of mix and match what you want to do, whether you want to do a longer Caribbean cruise and a shorter land break or do a longer land break and then go on and do kind of a shorter cruise, totally flexible to do that within the central Florida belt, at least anyway.
1: And you can go back again and again. I mean, this will be this is trip number four for us, so not like some diehard Disney people, but we haven't done Tron. We haven't done Velociraptor. So there's so many things that we haven't done at Universal and Disney. Uh, I definitely want to go in the cafe, the the bar from Star Wars. So every time we go, there's more stuff anyway. So... You yeah. Can just go again and again for short trips if that's what works out with your yeah. work schedule.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've done 32 trips to Walt Disney World in total, and we've bought wow. into the Disney Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> <got the> <laughs> um, like we bought into the Disney Vacation Club as well, which again, that's a whole other conversation. But that's the Disney timeshare. So me and Phil now we have a timeshare at Walt Disney World. I'm not going to go into it because it's not necessarily right for everyone, but it was right for us. um so that gives us the opportunity to go every year if we wanted to um as sarah said there's so much even the time like i was there last in 2019 i think it was the last time i was able to go um just down to the covid regulations and things we've done since then since then they've added as you say tron's now come to um the magic kingdom and what disney world you've got ratatouille in epcot they're just about to open a whole new moana attraction and kind of re developing the front entrance of epcot there's all new nighttime entertainment new shows there's always new food to try new parades mm. new shows new nighttime like like see in the time of the time we've been until the time we'll probably get to go next there's been three new nighttime shows that have come gone and been replaced in the magic kingdom and then in epcot alone there's always something new and that's before we then talk about the other attractions like you can't underestimate how important universal is as well and i think universal is becoming every year a bigger and bigger draw it's always been kind of like people would go oh you've got Disney and Universal. But some people now they say I'm going to Orlando for Universal, and Disney doesn't even enter the equation for them because Universal's become such a fantastic resort for families to go to now as well.
1: Well, that's what we're doing next time. We're staying at Universal and we plan to spend most of our time at Universal, but then we're going to go to Disney, try and do two days because there's stuff that we yeah. want to see that we haven't seen before. But I just yeah. I want to stay on the city walls. I want to get the boat in every day. And that that was the draw for me. And that the hotels yeah. At the moment, just seems so much better value for like for like. Yeah, then they're a lot better value at Universal
0: at the moment. Yeah, I I don't want to officially say that um, because it's a very soft thing. If you give, it's very emotional about kind of which one's the best is best. But if you look in black and white, how far your money will go, your money will go a lot further at Universal than it would go, while well, Disney World, Disney will kill me if they listen to this. <laughs> it's it's a very valid point at the end of the day. And this is where I'm, I, you know, I do feel like moving forward, Universal is going to become a very strong competitor in the central Florida market. Because 2025, they're also opening Epic Universe now as well, their third theme park as well. Adding into that Volcano Bay, their water park and their multiple resort offering. They have an incredibly strong portfolio now of experiences that you can have with some, you know, world-leading franchises that are going to give families a fantastic holiday. You could spend a whole week soon at Universal. Which, if you were to ask me, you know, five years ago plus, I would never have said Universal for longer than a couple of nights. Whereas now, easily, you could spend a week and longer at just Universal and are their theme parks, and especially 2025 onwards with Epic Universe. Then pair that with you know Royal Caribbean or someone like that as well. I think you've got a fantastic week. Two week holiday just between those two products alone
1: i mean i think I'll, i could just spend a week at harry potter just just pretended i live there <laughs> <Just Yeah.
0: laughs> i'm to school
1: every day have a
0: <laughs> when have you seen like it's small things as well it's not just the big attractions like i love escape for green god it's probably one of the my favorite roller coasters over there as well but small things like the fact you can buy a wand and you can go around and interact with the lands the two different lands, yeah. as where well in the two theme parks and use your wand to cast spells and like the land reacts to you as well i've seen kids spend the whole day just looking for the, all those experiences to kind of you know do the wand casting and things like that Um, going into Ollivanders and spending a small fortune to buy a wand but having that really magical experience where kind of the show takes place do you get what i mean like these are experiences that you have to go to disney for and nobody else would touch it nobody else could do it anymore yeah but absolutely you could have those really magical moments in universal just as much now like, you know, the Triceratops breeding um, grounds as well in Jurassic World or Jurassic Park, sorry, where you can go watch kind of like, um, you know, dinosaurs hatching from eggs and you get to go kind of see them birthing baby t- t- um, Triceratops and things like that. These are really cool moments for the whole family. Whereas a few years ago, Universal I had the impression of it was for like the teens, and it was for the cool kids. Totally family friendly now as well and something for pretty much the whole family to be done in Universal. Do
1: you know that is the most scared I've ever been on a ride in my life was, you know, on the Jurassic Park. Not the, not the Veloceros pouch, the, the one that you go for the river. <laughs> yeah. And we got on in the morning and we got right to the front of the park because that was, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah. So I think we'd done a Harry Potter. I oh, haven't got to Harry Potter yet. We maybe we did it over two days. And we went on that ride and there was only us on it. So there's all <laughs> of us going up when the Raptors are on the loose. I have never been so frightened in my life. And I, you know it's not real, but I'm still thinking it's going to get me. It's going to get me. Yeah. It's so realistic. And Dr. Seuss, have uh, I mean, a talk all day about Universal, I just love it, but I'm, and Disney, but Dr. Seuss, I just, and love that ride.
0: So I suffer with sub-mechanophobia, sub which is such a weird phobia to have, it's like a theme park fan, but it's basically a fear of machinery and water. <laughs> so, so let alone the fact that that attraction has like giant Tyrannosaurus Rexes coming out and trying to chase you down type of thing as you're going down the chute at the end of it. I sit there in fear all the time of like all the pumps and the machinery, the conveyor belts on all these legends. Yeah, honestly, even a small world, even attractions, like it's a small world. I generally, so I can't sit on the outside edge of any of the boat rides in, in any theme park because I get freaked out. Like generally feel like, uh, like when people see spiders and they freak out, that's how I feel the entire time. Even on It's a Small World, all the giant robots singing to me, sending me on edge because there's water nearby. And I, st- I can't fathom it. It's such an irrational <laughs> get <a drink> shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting in swimming pools, though, it's such a weird thing. But in swimming pools as well. So, like, wave machines in swimming pools, the fans and the pumps in swimming pools freak me out. But light fixtures as well in swimming pools. If I touch a light fixture in a pool by accident, it freaks me out and I have to get out of the pool. It's such a weird, like, a weird thing to have i know hilarious. i know
1: <laughs> I mean, that's like so if you add in you need counseling just... on that really like...
0: <laughs> i can say where do they begin but that won't be the starting point but it'll be a good place to get oh back.
1: my god i'm gonna take a torch on nx cruise <laughs> i'm gonna get you in the pole <laughs> Not not sharks. Just put a torch on your back. Not a sharks. Been...
0: It's not <laughs> so weird. One. like water parks as well. Like water parks are just so an emotional rollercoaster. Because I absolutely love water parks as well. But equally, I'm always a bit like, "Where's the pumps? Where's the water? Where's the water coming from? How does that get there?" It's, it's uh, yeah, just a weird thing.
1: I love small world. My my whole family hate it because <laughs> I have to go on it every time I go because I just yeah. it's beautiful. I've got that song in my head to the end of the day he goes mad but i love it
0: I we play it a out. game when we go with my family is that we go on it guaranteed without fail because as you say it's a classic disney experience you have to do it to small world but we have a game basically the first person after we come off it who sings the song has to buy lunch <laughs> 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 and literally we play the game with my nan within about five minutes my nan's like mm, it's a small
1: so, I mean, obviously, again, like always, we've just gone straight into what we're excited about, the theme
0: park. Yeah.
1: <laughs> how easy is it, as, from from your agent perspective, obviously I've just booked this, so. but how easy yeah. is it to book a package with cruise and sail? How easy is it to get from the mm. port to the ship, the, the airport to the ship or the port to the yeah. park?
0: There's a lot of things to consider. Now, we're only talking about Central Orlando. There's a whole other conversation about Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and so on and so forth. But for Central Florida, you obviously fly into MCO, uh, which one of the Royal Caribbean sales managers, of course, said they refer to as Mickey's corporate office. Um, so MCO is Orlando International Airport, basically, and it's going to be at the moment anyway. It's a short transfer drive. You used to be able to get a free shuttle with Disney if you stayed in a Disney hotel. That has stopped, but you can get a coach transfer. But to be honest, I now just recommend to my customers they just get an Uber. Is so much cheaper than prepaying for kind of a shuttle. If you've got like a big, big family, then, you know, debatable, but just get an Uber generally to the theme parks or hire a car. A lot of my, a lot of my customers will hire a car just because they can then explore the other attractions around Orlando and driving in Florida. I personally think is really easy, but everyone's comfort level with driving on the other side of the road is different, but no, like Orlando international is like 40 minute drive. If most from Walt Disney world, maybe 20 from universal. So very easy to get an uber very easy to drive to um you can pay for a shuttle coach if you wanted to so you don't want to drive a car you can get a shuttle coach quite easily as well um a lot uh port Canaveral, the cruise terminals say 45 minutes 50 minutes away from central florida so that again generally you have to get a shuttle or a taxi to do that and that can be quite expensive so maybe consider if you're staying in like well, disney world doing a disney cruise you can pay disney to do their shuttle transfer that's generally quite easy to do well, it's doable, but there are things to consider, at least anyway, about how you get around and between the different attractions, at least anyway. But if you kind of just want to stay in one base, that's very easy to do. Do you know what
1: we did last? I mean, we stayed at Miami. Uh, we flew into Miami, so I suppose it's a slight difference. But we didn't want to drive around Disney. We stayed on the site. Mm. My husband drives to Manchester every day. He doesn't want to do it. And I definitely don't want yeah. to do it. So what yeah. we did was we hired a one-way car.
0: Oh, one-way, one-way rental. You-
1: yeah, and you can drop them off at um, Downtown Disney. So what we did was we went to the yeah. hotel, flew down from driving to Miami, and then just dro- dropped all the cases off at the, yeah. the hotel, unpacked, went to Downtown Disney, dropped the car off, had yeah. dinner, got the transport yeah. back. So I wonder if i do that yeah. into Universal, actually.
0: So I know from experiencing Disney, at least anyway, if you use certain car hire companies, and Alamo is one of them, because Alamo is my go-to yeah, partner. Really so if, I, if I'm hiring a car, I will always suggest Alamo myriad of reasons it's not that anyone's awful but i've had more consistent good experiences with alamo than of any of the other car rental companies enterprise is fantastic but enterprise can be quite expensive um and there are car hire companies i would avoid like the plague but that's another conversation um but on a tangent sorry uh, alamo will come and collect you, sorry, from your Walt Disney Resort. So in your Walt Disney room, there is a phone number to call the car rental company. Um, right. You can call them and they will come and collect you via the shuttle bus and take you to the car rental terminal, which is just south of the Magic Kingdom. And equally, at the end of it as well, then you can get a shuttle to the theme parks or to your hotel if you wanted to after you dropped your car off and picked it back up again. I don't know about Universal. I've never personally done it at Universal, but definitely for Dizzy anyway, they will come and collect you and take you to the car rental um, office.
1: It's definitely worth doing. I mean, it worked for us because we i think what we did on the at the end was we got a car the day before we needed it to go back to miami and then we did yeah. universal that day that's and it just right. really worked yeah. maybe that's the option this time maybe if we can find it in universal to do it do this yeah. at the end and then drive to the port and drop off but yeah. it definitely makes it easier and it does save you money if you don't want the car for the whole week and you don't want to pay for parking or yes. pass, because obviously yeah. that's all the expense.
0: Well, that's come back now. So if you were to travel to, say, what Disney World in the last couple of years, you did have to pay parking regardless. They did start charging for overnight parking for hotel guests at Disney World, at least. So if you're staying in a Disney hotel, uh, it used to be free. Then they then started charging. Starting from January 2024, parking is now free yeah, to yeah, stay free. overnight in a Disney hotel. So again, there are perks to staying in a Disney hotel and perks to staying in a Universal hotel as well. Um, again, that's a whole other conversation about what, what the pros and cons are. But definitely moving forward from January onwards, you will be able to hire a car and park overnight for free, which then means you can then park and drive to the Disney theme parks for free um just obviously yeah if you're staying in disney driving to universal you'll have to pay and vice versa if you're staying in universal and driving to disney you'll have to pay to park at disney as mm. well
1: so it's easy to book as a package isn't it so if you want to do you want the car you want the cruise you want the hotel yeah. is that
0: doable? Yeah. it's all tailor-made i will say that from the uk perspective and i i assume the american agents are the same as well because they're all bespoke products so there's no one that will just off the shelf be able to offer you all of it, type of thing. So, whenever I build a package like that for customers, it's all tailor made. So, I will um, source the beds that we call them beds. Sorry, I'll source the hotel separately, the car hire separately, um the cruise will all be packaged separately, and then I will use our actual license for us in the UK to make that an at all protected holiday. There's loads of options and variables around it about kind of deposits and things like that. But in general, no, it's all tailor made because. It is a multi-center holiday. So it's uh, even if you want to do like a split stay in Universal and Disney, that's something that I've done quite a lot. So customers will have a week in Disney and a week in Universal. That's also tailor-made as well because they're different suppliers who supply Disney rooms versus who supply Universal rooms. So we have to package it together. But you only deal with me for it, but it is all tailor-made to every customer. And I think I could probably say the majority of Orlando holidays would all be tailor-made and packaged by a tour operator or a travel agent just because the nature of it even if you just go into one place and stay in just Disney, generally you'll use a tour operator to package it to get an outdoor protected holiday. Oh. I think the key thing with it is, it's just that you can totally tailor-make this. I know it's easier for people to advertise or go to Disney for 14 days and that's it. But I think the key thing for me to stress, I think there are a lot of people who are looking at Central Florida is, yes, Disney's amazing. And I, I love Disney. I've been so many times and it's my favorite place to go in the world. But there is so much more to Florida in general, let alone Central Orlando. So don't be afraid to mix up your holiday as well and have a split stay so do a land and cruise holiday you know some customers of mine will do a villa break so they'll go into a private villa to have that family time together south catering holiday but then they'll treat themselves to like four or five days luxury in one of the top tier hotels in disney or universal to have that really nice you know indulgent experience of doing the theme parks as well so it's not like you have to go and just stay in the same hotel for the entire two week or three week break that you have having. you can mix and match it with different things, even maybe drive down to Miami and do that. So I've got customers who are doing that there, flying in, doing a week in Disney, going down to Miami, doing two nights in, in Miami, and then they're doing a Virgin cruise as well. So they're mixing Disney and Virgin on the same holiday from orlando and miami and hiring a car and all that type of thing i've got another one who's doing the same going down to the keys after their cruise there's just so much to see and do in orlando like or in florida that you don't have to stay in just the disney bubble if you don't want to
1: And i think that's the thing with in february we did a couple of nights in miami and i always thought yeah I'm, it's probably going to be overrated and i'm probably not gonna yeah. love it but i mean i just fell in love with miami i just, so we, i will definitely do miami again next October and that and that's the problem I mean if you're American then you live there again and um, you can fit it in and you can fit it into a shorter space of time maybe because you can do multiple trips if you're going from the UK yeah. or anywhere else in the world that is a bit of a trek then you've almost got to fit so much as much as you can in with a bit of downtime because yeah. the flights aren't cheap so you've yes. got to factor in yeah. the I'd rather go for more days and go less and pack
0: more in. Generally, yeah. So, until we had the dog, that's what we used to do as well. So, when we didn't have to worry about kind of childcare, we would go away for three, four weeks at a time, just because, like you say, by the time you're doing that flight, and like it is long haul, so you've got the time difference and things like that. But we would definitely do three, four week breaks and we would do a lot of mixing it up, staying at different hotels, just again, trying things and trying exploring things. On the whole, it's rare that I would sell a seven day holiday to Orlando just because, long haul being what it is that's not to say they don't exist and people will literally fly over do the cruise fly back so they do exist totally um we're talking purely from a uk perspective now uk customers travel very differently to american customers so just to preface that to any of our american listeners but generally yeah for orlando i'd say 10 to 14 is the typical and then there are extremes where people will go for 21 days four weeks type of thing at the kind of extreme end but generally if they're going for that long it's usually this staying in a villa
1: so Let's talk about times to avoid at Disney, because (laughs) we did this this year, um, and we booked. Now, it's okay, because we were there a bit longer, so we can adjust the time, that the place we were going to Disney, but the first weekend we are there, it's Disney Run.
0: We're on Disney Weekends, yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) And there's so much to think about, isn't there? Because all we focused on was the cruise. We we went out of school holidays, because obviously it's cheaper, and the kids aren't at school now and um, so yeah. we looked at that but then what we didn't look at was Disney was what was on at Disney we just talked about the school holidays are on we're good then we realized there's a marathon going through Disney now yeah I don't I, as as someone that's not going to be at the marathon I'm sure that's not going to be much fun for me so and also that the parks are going to be packed am I right
0: yeah yeah so run Disney weekends for those that don't know they obviously Disney run their own marathon series of events and they have exploded in popularity and got bigger and bigger and bigger they are weekend-long events, and they usually tend to have two or three a year. Now, I've been, and I by accident just happened to be in the um, Walt Disney World when it was happening. And it is, a, it is a nightmare just because it does add extra capacity to whichever park is hosting the run. So on our trip, it was Epcot, and Epcot was just so busy after the run. So the other side of it as well is it creates a bit of a transportation nightmare as well because the day the run is happening, all the transport's diverted and relocates around, So it does cause a bit of a... I want to get from this park to this park and I've got to avoid the marathon. Um, so you can see all the dates. So definitely you, they're, they're usually kind of on a 12 month window where you're going to see them. So if you ever, you kind of go in, when shall I book? Then definitely check run Disney. There's usually one around about February time off the top of my head. Usually one about September time, but I never know for yes. sure. I don't think it's every it's year. They're night always night. the same dates. I think yeah,
1: more this... I April's a new one next year.
0: Possibly. They normally do like a, a generic one. They normally do a food festival one themed around Epcot Food Festival. It's like the Wine and Dine, or oh, I forgot what it's called now, but like there's normally we're themed around the Food and Wine Festival anywhere at Epcot. Um, and they normally have a princess one, which is obviously, anyone can join it, but it's a, a, aimed at kind of inspiring women to do more running, ultimately the princess one. But they'll have random themed ones as well. They've done a Star Wars one randomly one year. They'll do a Marvel themed one it's the whole schedule you can do these in europe as well so you can do them at disneyland paris i think there's one or two a year in disneyland paris equally as well in disneyland in california so yeah it's it's not that it's not that you have to avoid it but it's just be mindful that it will have an impact on your plans if you go if you've got your heart set on maybe only doing epcot and the run is themed and is going through epcot that day epcot will be incredibly busy just because the run will finish in epcot and people will generally then spend the rest of their day in epcot that day so just Keep you on your radar,
1: but the other festival I'd really want to see, uh, not really want to see because we've been quite a lot when it's there is, um, I love the um flower festival, so that's always around these stuff, and that's amazing. Again, yeah,
0: it's, yeah, I need to get fail back.
1: It is just, well, you, you can go next year, can't you? Oh, it's childcare,
0: okay, yeah, we're already, we're already mapping out our childcare for next year with our transatlantic <laughs> at the moment, so. But I think that's probably worth alluding upon a bit more. is about how Epcot and its festivals work as well. So Epcot has a series of festivals throughout the whole year. And I love all of them. I have, some people don't like them. I absolutely adore every festival. So generally around about like um, February time they have Festival of the Arts. So that is um, a season that is all inspired by kind of um, artists or um, the kind of work that the artists do for Disney. And it's really, really cool because you'll see pop-up paintings. You'll see kind of people creating artwork around the theme park. There's loads of new food new entertainment inspired around kind of just the creativity of being creative with art type of thing then as you just said then as well kind of moving into spring we get into kind of the flower and garden festival which again is a celebration of kind of all things gardening ultimately so again you'll have all new food program as well all new entertainment themes around food and dying and um, food sorry around flower and gardening as well um and then when you tend to get to kind of then the summer and it's this has got bigger and bigger every year it started off as like a six eight week festival and it's now pretty much like four months You then get into the food and drink festival, which is my favorite, where there are then tons of kind of food stands available in across Epcot, uh, where you can sample food from around the world. You kind of get to sample small little trail bites and things like that as well. So if you're a foodie, it's definitely one to put on your radar. I believe the dates start now, like July, right the way through to kind of um, off the top of my head, like mid early October off the top of my head. But then straight out of that, we then run into the festival of holidays, which is then the Christmas festival where they're celebrating holiday traditions from around the world, which is kind of like uh, like the food and drink festival, but it's more Christmas themed. So they've got food inspired by different Christmas cultures from around the world or more kind of holiday cultures around the world as well, with again, lots of um, Christmas entertainment as well. I and mean, theming. it's the most magical time. Disney at Christmas, there's no better place on the planet.
1: That is my dream actually. So for my 40th, I, re- I wanted to do Disney for my 40th. Anyway, we've got it was, I was teaching then. So we had an offer to still inspection. So I wasn't allowed to have the time off near Christmas. So we couldn't do that. So, so I ended mm. up, it was, it was the last week of Halloween. So we did Paris um, and it was amazing going to Disney yeah. at Halloween. I want to do Florida at Halloween, but I definitely want to, I was so lucky because the morning we got up to come home, they, had to, they started to put the Christmas decorations out. So I got to see it, but only for yeah. a couple of hours. I really want to go back at Christmas because I just think, I just, Disney's magical, isn't it? any time of year. Yeah, but, Mickey at Christmas. Amazing.
0: If you're lucky in your time, it, again, Brits tend to go away on average for like 10 to two, 10 to 14 days, type of thing. but if you go at the end of October, so me and Phil quite frequently will go maybe like October 27th, 8th, right the way through to kind of the first weeks of November, you get to see the Magic Kingdom especially transforming day by day from Halloween to Christmas because obviously they have their Christmas event, their Halloween events right the way up until kind of, you know, October, yeah. the end of October for Halloween. But then the Christmas event quite literally starts like a week or two later yeah. as well. So, you could walk into Main Street on like the 1st of November and have Christmas decorations up in Main Street, but then walk further back and still have Halloween decorations up in the other legs of the park. So, it's kind of like this amazing, weird week and a half period where the two holidays quite literally collide in the Magic Kingdom as they're taking down Halloween and putting Christmas up in the same park.
1: So, when we're there next week, next year, I'm going because it's
0: Christmas. Oh my God. Well, we're on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we get off, don't we? So, for generally. The earliest I'd known Christmas to be fully installed is the 7th of November from my memory. That's the date that sticks in my head because we were there for and it was the first Christmas party in the Magic Kingdom. And by it literally in that seven day leader, we got to see each part of the park day by day just transform more and more into a Christmas wonderland.
1: Oh, when do we come back? When do we get off the ship? I'm sure we'll, I'll be there. I go. cannot not come back. I can't go and not do Disney at Christmas.
0: So we dock on the 7th of November. Oh. so christmas will be in enforcing yours yes. <laughs>
1: right. i mean okay. right so that actually leads on to something that we wasn't going to talk about but i'm just going to push you on this now um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't fully understand it well you understand it more than me um but i can get the bright line
0: yes yeah bright, bright line is go
1: to disney and come back
0: i'm doing it uh, this is so exciting and this solves one of the biggest problems with with florida and getting around her ultimately is the lack of public transport And the bright line, for those that don't know, is a new train service that's being built currently and they're still finishing off the extension for it. But it allows you to catch a train pretty much connecting by the spring 2024 Miami airport right the way through to Orlando International Airport as well. But it allows you as well to stop off relatively close as well to the cruise terminal in Miami, but also the cruise terminal in Port Canaveral, not Port Canaveral, sorry, um, Port Everglades, so in Fort Lauderdale. So you can catch, you can go straight from kind of central Florida to a three and a half hour train journey right to the two cruise terminals down in the south of florida as well which considering the options before were to either hire a car or to pay for a very expensive coach is such a blessing to the area
1: it is because we've hired a car and drove one way but now to just be able to jump on the train and chill out for that journey especially when you've been driving i think we stayed overnight in a hotel to make sure we got some sleep and then was up early the next day and drove down
0: you and this is like a really premium train as well this isn't like you know taking um one of the local trains here in the uk or kind of some of the trains i've seen in america um you know amtrak and that which are a little bit in the plight sway a bit run down and not not a nice experience these are really high-end beautiful trains even at the standard entry level you're getting a really high-end service type of thing but you can also pay for premium and i treat myself in strange places but i will totally pay for the premium service on board brightline because it includes a lounge before you kind of get on board you train as well which is included then all the snacks and, tea, coffee, and uh, pretty sure i've seen reviews where they've had like alcohol like wine and beer as well for you to kind of do so what a lovely way to start a train journey especially if you're doing that longer you know orlando down to miami to catch a cruise from south of florida um that would be amazing but then there's also the option as well then to extend it with concierge service as well so they'll do within a certain mile radius of the train station as well they'll do door to door so if you are going straight from orlando to the cruise terminal you'd have to be on an early train but it is possible to then be at the cruise terminal by about midday ish and then get a chauffeur take you straight to the cruise terminal. I think that's a fantastic way to travel and solve that problem of how do you get from Disney Universal down to Miami to take a cruise from Miami. It
1: definitely gets, or, the, or definitely makes getting around so much easier, doesn't
0: it? It's just an extra cost that nobody really wants, really. And I guess, like, obviously, the bigger the group, then the cheaper a car could become. But just if you don't want the hassle, and I'll be honest, like, I, I'm not a big fan of driving, I, I don't mind driving in Orlando. Or florida but i just don't enjoy it anymore it's not something that i look forward to doing so i would weigh up the cost and kind of go with if it's not that much more to take the train i will always choose the train because it's not just the cost of that it's the cost of car parking as well like yeah. as we said disney is now making it free in, in the new year but if you then go from disney to universal for the day you've still got to pay the 25 30 dollars to get into universal so
1: but that's only if you're staying at disney though if you're staying in a villa then the cost is considerable because you've got to park every day
0: 100 percent.
1: only disney Resort gets it get it free or universal just sell at universal
0: i'm pretty sure universal gets still paid no i'm pretty sure they still got to pay so customers of mine still paid per day i think it's cheaper than disney from my memory um i don't have the figures in front of me sorry but you do well when i last had customers traveling last year they still had to pay to stay in universal and park a car very few of my customers will hire a car anymore um just the last customers of mine that did hire a car to stay at universal they had to pay per day
1: well when we're going to universal this time and this so we were between the, the adventurer and sapphire Falls, obsessed with marvel so i love the venture the adventurer is it adventurer is that what it's called the big
0: the Venture. yes yeah, nothing to do with marvel
1: Adventure. No, but it looks like Marvel. Reminds me of Marvel. Um, <laughs> in my mind, it is. In my mind, it is. Um, <laughs> I think you'll find it's a bit modelled on it, but <laughs> subconsciously somewhere. Anyway, so we went to Sapphire <laughs> Falls because if you get the boat, you go straight into yeah. Universal into City. Into the Sea Walk. Where, yeah. where if you get the bus, which is free still, so that's great. And then you have yep. to go outside and go through the escalator, I and mean, that is a right trick. So that's why we chose to go that way to get into the centre of it easier.
0: Those those resorts as well, though. So um, the Sapphire Falls, I'm pretty sure it's Portofino. I'm going to get shot by like Universal Hardcore fans. Portofino Hard Rock Hotel, and there's one more that I can't remember the name of. They're like the high end, super deluxe resorts, oh. but that's one that's. that's one of the perks you get for it is the fact that you can get the water taxi yes from your hotel um to city walk type of thing there's loads of other perks like extra early hours um express passes and things like that so i think you get early access to wisdom World of harry potter you get express passes as well for each time you're staying in those top four deluxe resorts whereas aventura is premium if i'm right so it's kind of more the best way to do it like a four star um rather than a five star whereas the one you're staying in sapphire falls is definitely one of the five star ones You get it, we don't get top it. access
1: we don't it's the one result that's in the middle that you don't get the fast pass you don't get it with our really? hotel no so that's why a lot of people say stay in sapphire Falls. don't stay in sapphire falls they say it's one of the from people that review, reviewed it uh when you watch vloggers they'll say it's the best poll that they all think but um you've got to go up to the next level which is Sapphire
0: Falls you do get you'd get wizarding world access uh, yeah but, but you don't get the get pass your pass. express yeah so you've so got to stay in Portofino Bay
1: it, it's Royal
0: Pacific was the one
1: that's it the difference of the express pass is actually the difference of staying in the next hotel up but just oh, totally. we wanted to stay there yeah. because we were next door to my friends who were in adventure so that's why we
0: chose yeah. that you're right sorry I, I i knew i clearly need to redo my universal training um but sapphire falls yeah is yes. between the two but yeah it's royal pacific hard rock and portofino are the ones where if you do stay in them you do get express passes included in your stay as well
1: which is excellent but then saying this last time we went i mean i we probably will get the express pass again if you do too many of them cgi rides back to back i had to sit with my head between my knees i had to miss <laughs> some rides. <laughs> like and the of rock i was like I, no I, I think it was um do you know what did me was the simpsons ride just woof. really i after that i just i, I couldn't do uh, uh, what was what's the one next door i couldn't do it
0: there's men it's in black in directly next to it but then across you've got like the jimmy fallon um escape new york one there's uh fast and furious is nearby transformers as oh, well know, they're all within it universal orlando had a bit of a reputation of being the shake you in front of a screen park, because a lot of the attractions do literally sit you in a, in, in a vehicle and shake you in front of a screen type of thing. Because you have like Shrek 4D, um, you've obviously got Transformers, you've got the Fast and Furious, you've got Simpsons, uh, Jimmy Fallon. They're all attractions where you're watching Bring the us. screen. except yeah. <laughs> a big shaking either you are. <laughs> so they've slowly been kind of backtracking those attractions and replacing them. So there's a new attraction coming now this summer um the minions attraction replaces the Shrek attraction um so you know they're building a whole new land now as well around kind of the dreamworks characters as well for kind of the little kids as well so you get to go meet all the dreamworks characters that's opening spring 24 off the top of my head um so there's lots of new stuff coming as well to Universal. kind of just make it so it's not quite so many um simulator like attractions in the park
1: yeah and they are amazing and they're, they're magical but at the same time yeah. I, I, that must i mean the worst I've ever ever experienced was going on rock and roller coaster at Paris, and I was ill for
0: two. Really, weeks. really.
1: Yeah, I was ill for two weeks, and I think it's because it was in the dark and a roller coaster. Yeah. You didn't see anything? I thought I was pregnant. It was awful. <laughs> I was
0: really ill. Really? Yeah, I'm quite lucky I don't suffer with it, but I definitely get fatigued by the attraction-based ones, the uh, the screen-based ones type of thing. Um they don't affect me motion sickness wise, but definitely after you've been on like 3 or 4 of them, you start to get a little bit like I need to look at actual things now, I need to see real things moving. Um so that's yeah. why we, on our last trip where we went with Royal, we only did Universal Orlando and I prefer to do both parks, so I have in the past done both parks in one day. And we just pick the headline attractions and things that, you know, I, uh, in my opinion, uh, must-sees, must-do's. Um, things like the Hulk coaster, the Hulk roller coaster in Islands of Adventure is a must-do. Spider-Man in Islands of Adventure is probably one of the best attractions in the world. Um, they didn't have Velocicoaster at the time, but definitely I would say Velocicoaster in Jurassic World or Jurassic Park would be a must-do. Um, I love, as you say, the River Adventure as well. The Jurassic Park River Adventure is just, it's so cool. It's such an amazing attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got Harry Potter, um, I forgot what it's called, Forbidden Journey, sorry, is the one in Hogwarts as well. So just spending time in Hogwarts, that's amazing. But what's really cool, and if nobody knows this, and this has been out for a while now, but you can actually take the Hogwarts Express from Islands of Adventure, one of the Universal theme parks, yeah, and take the Hogwarts Express right the way through and end up in Hogsmeade as well. Hogsmeade? Yeah, Hogs... No, Diagon Alley, sorry. You can end up in Diagon Alley as well, Then in the other theme park, So you actually go between the two different theme parks on the Hogwarts Express and it's worth the premium to pay for a two-park mm-hmm. hopper ticket to be able to do that.
1: I could spend just a day in Harry Potter, definitely, but I'm going to tell you that story and it's my- it's one of my biggest... Not biggie. So I've, I've probably had a few, but parents in fowls ever was when we took Jack <laughs> when he was he was two, and it was when Donna got married. So Jack was a page boy at Donna's wedding. It was my yep. other half, my partner in cruising with kids, and when Donna got married, we did that. She got married in Disney. Chris and I did Universal for the day and took Jack, and we really wanted to go on the Jaws ride. So Jack had this thing where he was scared of things. So like he was scared to move fast. I say so I. Like the whole thing was like, one, we're there, we're going to find Mufasa's mum and we're going to tell her. We're going to tell her on him. And he was all right with that. Anyway, so I thought, how am I going to get round Jaws? So I said, we're going to go on the free willy ride and we're going to see free <laughs> willy and he's going to come up along the side of the boat and he's going to, he's going to say hello. But he's got a really big mouth and he's going to go, rah, and I didn't realize I shot him. <laughs> And then shooting him and honestly all as Free Willie's coming out, I was like, I told you, here he is. And he was really excited. Free Willie, free willy. And then they shot him. And he honestly got he was inconsolable. I had to put my head and he was just shooting free willy. <laughs> oh my God. And he's, ne- I mean, he's 23 soon and he's still never forgive him <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i think, mean? how do i get around it not scare him try and stop him being triggered yeah and i I didn't realize this
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair we did it with my brother as well though so we did it on rock and roller coaster we were trying to build him up to scary rides <laughs> So we were taking them on, like, you know, uh, Big Thunder Mountain. We were taking them on, the like, the small coasters at first. And then we got to Hollywood Studios. And we, <laughs> we were like, yeah, let's do Rocket Roller Coaster. You've been on roller coasters now. You're fine with them. This one's fine. And obviously there's this giant Cadillac upside down outside the front of it. And he's like, does it go upside down? I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't go upside down. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously this roller coaster shoots you out, doesn't it? It goes for, like, 0 to 40 miles per hour. And you see it in the line. And I'm like yeah, but that's the worst part. That's the worst part. You've been on faster. You've been on faster rides <laughs> <laughs> oh, The, the yeah. photo still to this day is one of the best ride photos ever because you could just see my brother literally in tears, like in the ride photo, and all I could hear was my brother crying the entire way around. So I was like, "But you've done it now. <laughs> you've been on the."
1: <laughs> oh, and he wasn't scared. I'm going to correct myself. He wasn't scared to move faster. He was scared of scar. Obviously. Um, oh, well, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's what we do with all the big Disney bags. Spilling <laughs> their mums on them.
0: I think if you have any tips on how to get your kids on attractions they don't want to get onto, we've got yeah. you covered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just know, <lie. laughs>
0: Mindage may vary. Well, case study, we haven't had any problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's okay mentally, so but for <laughs> yeah.
0: building.
1: Yeah so off subject <laughs> so back to cruise and stay i just yeah it's, it's definitely an excellent option but just uh, before yeah. we finish i suppose what we've got to do is look at i know this changes all the time but what are your top ships that you think with all the cruise yeah. lines have you got one from each cruise that and where they pull i know you're quite good on this
0: yeah so my, my go-to two two brands i could easily recommend that fit perfectly with the kind of The type of client who would love universal 100% then royal caribbean no doubts about it so then to have kind of you know wonder of the skis doing seven night east and west caribbean as well perfect fit for a you know universal and um, royal caribbean cruise holiday you've also got utopia coming next winter we've already talked about it again doing those three and four night sailings as well perfect fit for anyone who's going to any of the Orlando but especially for universal i think they're hand in hand equally disney then also as well have their own options as well so obviously if you're going to do a disney World break have a look then at disney they've just announced the disney treasure literally the day before we filmed this episode he's going to be doing seven night like, east and west caribbean sailings from um, winter 2024 onwards so again a perfect fit as well for somebody who's looking to do a disney break but equally now you also have the wish the other new ship they've launched as well doing again three and four night sailings. so it's weird that all of a sudden royal caribbean have ships that are matching the itineraries for what Disney are doing but there's a reason why because it's such a perfect fit for those Universal and Orlando itineraries so yeah if you are maybe looking for maybe geared more toward the adults we've talked about celebrity not being purely for adults but if you want something that's not quite so kid-friendly then definitely celebrity as well have just announced they're having a series of short sailings in the winter as well also visiting Perfect Day Coco K as well which again is a fantastic option for those who are looking to do that there would be like really obvious go-tos for kind of short sailings you're not going to struggle to find cruises from port canaveral going anywhere especially east and west caribbean on ncl um on msc you know they all the main cruise carriers they're going to have options going from um port canaveral going further afield then if you want to go from miami obviously my top choice is always going to be virgin voyages they're going to have a ship year round doing again um four and five night sailings from miami as well um one to keep an eye out for as well as she's on sale and she's launching this winter it's going to be you uh I- icon of the seas which is Royal Caribbean's new class of ship as well. She's going to be doing seven night sailings from Miami. So again, that's a really big one to factor. And if you're willing to do the tram- the journey from kind of central Florida down to Miami, can underestimate how cool and an awesome ship as well. Icon of the Seas is going to be equally as well. Car- Carnival Cruise Line they have their new two of their new ships as well. May get the names wrong, but Celebration and I want to say it's you now Mardi Gras. Sorry. Um, they've got their newest XL class ships as well sailing from Miami and Port Canaveral doing a series of sailings as well so again Carnival as the kind of you know value ends the market right the way up to people like Celebrity and even the six star lines will have tons of options for pretty much anywhere from Orlando uh, from Florida sorry
1: and equally I mean new ships are amazing but we've booked on Mariner next year and that's an old ship but it has been done up, so it's got it's got everything that you've got on an Oasis-class yeah. ship, but it's smaller. And they are more affordable, so that is another option for families, because obviously it's a big budget. It's you know it's yeah. an expensive holiday, and you're not getting a less quantity, you're just not going on a new ship. So that yeah. is another option.
0: I will say as well, winter season, and we've talked about it at the top of the episode, but the winter season. So from kind of like October through to about February, March time, you can get some of the newest ships. At really fantastic prices. Like we've I've had prices for um celebrity beyond sailing as well now this winter, and the price is half the price. There is an 11 night sailing and it's half the price of, of an equivalent 11 night sailing in the Mediterranean. You know, so if you are somebody who wants to maybe try a ship like that, Norwegian Prima is another example as well. So when Norwegian Prima is sailing in Europe, she's very expensive. Um, understandably so because the itinerary she's doing, but her winter sailings in the Caribbean are a lot more affordable again we're not you will find cheaper as sarah said on the smaller older ships but if you want to try those new latest ships you don't want to pay for them in like the med or on their kind of peak season definitely consider a winter so you're going to find much more favorable prices just avoid thanksgiving weekend which is usually the kind of last thursday in november just because prices go through the roof but then obviously as well avoid christmas avoid new years because again prices could easily double on some of those sailings as well yeah, i know that's been a bit of a smorgasbord episode as it always is with us but i think it was just we're excited we're doing holidays from orlando cruising so it was just a really obvious topic for us to bring up we're probably going to do another one where we talk more about maybe southern florida as well so kind of the florida keys departed from miami um port, port um, Everglades as well so there's a lot more options around that as well and they offer slightly different holidays but Orlando is very dear to my heart. I know Sarah as well is very excited for her holiday as well. So we just thought we'd start the conversation around why Orlando, Florida is such a fantastic destination to cruise from. Um, I've got lots of content on my website. And obviously, if you are somebody who wants to ever do a multi, multi-center multi holiday, I would absolutely love to help you. That's what I specialize in. You can find me online anywhere under magical com or on all social media under magical trblr. And then Sarah, do you want to tell the guys a little bit more about the content you have as well?
1: Yeah, so we've got, obviously loads of cruise content over on cruising for all but also on mini travelers we've got lots on florida because uh, between myself and my partner karen we've traveled loads with kids of all different ages so we've got lots of tips booking guides and um, so i'll pop some links into the podcast and we'll pop some booking links in too
0: brilliant great all right, guys hope you enjoyed this episode we will see you on the next one bye, bye. bye.